0: Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hello and welcome! You have to wake up. Okay. I wake up.
1: I wake up. But I'm still drinking a lot of wine. It's a little early for that. A little early for alcohol, isn't it? Uh, no. Day- National Drink Wine Day. I see you're drinking wine. What, are you into wine? I love wine. I love wine and everything about it. Drinking wine is a sin. I'm, I'm a sinner. sinner. I'm drinking wine. Raise a glass today. National Drink Wine Day. And it's... Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Good day. Good day. Happy National Drink Wine Day, everybody. Today is the day to pour yourself a glass of vino and get yourself fucking loaded enjoy it
0: i don't know i think for the, for the regular wine drinkers some might think okay why is this day special than another well here's an idea why don't you go out of your way to find a new bottle or maybe there's a bottle you've been eyeing but it's a little pricier or uh maybe it's harder to find today's the day to kind of celebrate wine and and grab that bottle or case i mean i'm not going to judge you so uh, enjoy it everybody enjoy it. there's lots of great wines out there
1: or box. There's a lot of people yeah. who drink that boxed wine.
0: Yeah. You know what? I, I will. I mean, when we used to have company over all the time, we used to just get that as a backup in case we had the the people that we didn't assume would be drinking wine. Because I've had that before where someone's come over and I, and I think they're going to drink something and they don't. Or I think they want red, so I get some bottles of red, but all of a sudden they want white. So I always used to keep boxes on hand in the bar just in case. And those are very convenient. It's a giant mm-hmm. juice box. It's great
1: yeah (laughs) the adult juice box
0: scary actually dangerous dangerous but convenient
1: before we talk about premier ford and what happened yesterday in the legislature a couple of things about wine 74 percent of people say they'll have just one or two glasses when they sit down to enjoy a glass of wine a little less than one in ten nine percent say they drink at least five glasses or simply finish the entire bottle yeah i'm not surprised if i open up a bottle of wine Either we're finishing it or I'm finishing it, but putting the cork back in and sticking it on the counter or on the bar, that's not what we do. I open a bottle of wine and finish it. I I don't want to recork it.
0: We got a beautiful set of like wine corks, if you will, uh, a couple of years back as a gift, as a, I think it was like a housewarming or something. I don't think we've touched it. So I think that says, that says Mm -hmm. enough. I'm with you there. Usually if it's opened, it's going to it's going to be enjoyed fully. Um, and same thing, whether I'm splitting one bottle uh, between myself and my husband or if I'm going in on a bottle by myself, then hey, that's a good fucking night right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Two thirds of people, 66% of wine drinking adults say that when they're purchasing a bottle, price is the one most important factor. Then brand is the second most popular. Only 24% say alcohol percentage is something that they care about. I mean, if you just want to get drunk, yeah. Down a bottle of wine, the higher, the alcohol content, the better. If that's your goal is to just get loaded. But for a lot of people, they just want the cheapest bottle they can find. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's some really good wine that's cheap, and there's some really shitty wine that's expensive. Yeah. So it really just comes down to your personal preference, nearest mm-hmm. I can tell.
0: No, you're absolutely right. It does come down to your preference. And if you had a ch- if you have a chance to taste it, and do they even do taste testings at the LCBO now? I mean, with COVID restrictions and everything else, I'm not sure they do anymore.
1: I don't think they do. Uh, yeah. you got to take your mask off to drink it, and yeah. they certainly won't let you take it to go. For so. sure.
0: Yeah, no, they won't. So, yeah, it might be harder now for you to actually figure out the new wines and whether you like it or not. That's why I think it's harder for people to go in on a bottle, on a $30 bottle, compared to the $13 one they know is all right. um, And they don't want to take any risks. And I get that because I've opened some $50 that tastes like foot. So, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Agreed.
1: Uh, One more stat on this for National Wine Day. Uh, Considering the various types of varietals that are out there, 18% say Merlot. Merlot. Is their favorite. 16% say they prefer a Zinfandel. Mm. The third most common answer to this survey I don't know my wine types. Huh. <sighs> They never taught like wine stuff in home ec, but maybe there should be some like basic sommelier type stuff included in, in the the curriculum. Well, I think that's an important thing to know. And it's a, a, a life thing. The last thing you want is to get invited out to a nice fancy dinner with your boss. And they're like, hey, you choose a bottle of wine. And you literally pick uh, based on eeny, meeny, miny, mo.
0: I don't know if it's important to know in life, considering all the other things that we should be taught um, over wine. But, but I it think would be if, helpful. But I think if you're drinking it, it is funny to me and curious that people won't go out of their way to learn. And maybe for some people, just like a winery, for example, like some basic knowledge 101, which you can do when you go to a wine tour, basic knowledge right there at your fingertips, if you so choose to. It's amazing to me how many people don't, but they will drink wine. But to not know, and I mean, not know the style of grapes or uh, anything is, it, it does it is interesting to me. If you are a wine lover, I feel like most people do know that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. For me, I, I still love California Merlot, occasionally a Cab Sav. Tuscany is one of my favorite areas too, if you want red. If you want white wine, Don't be afraid of Niagara and consider France as well because they have some great white wines as well. If you want uh, something that's a little cheaper but still good quality, you'd want to look at, say, Chilean wine and certain Portuguese bottles. There's lots of different options and you can read some pretty reliable sources. I highly recommend the Vivino app. It's a good way not only to keep track of the bottles you've got and see how much the actual retail value is. You can do a little prices right right in your living room, uh, but it also has some good recommendations for bottles too. Hmm. So Vivino, how do I spell that again? I have the app, but
0: me too. Yeah, V I V I N O. And the cool thing is, actually, you're my friend on there, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of like a little network, so you can partner up, friend up with people who are also wine lovers and see what they're drinking, what they like, how they rated things. So if you guys have uh, preferences that you, you feel like you're pretty similar. Um, Then you can join each other on on there and and see what each other is is drinking. It's kind of neat.
1: Okay, let's talk about what happened yesterday, because some people are saying this was a misogynistic comment. And it's so weird that this happened yesterday because we talked about this during the After Nine podcast yesterday. Doug Ford and the leader of the opposition, leader of the NDP in Ontario, Andrea Horvath. Andrea's job as the leader of the opposition is to oppose. Now, I have a bit of an issue with opposition leaders because I think they take that too seriously. I think that from time to time, the opposition leaders should just be able to acknowledge a good idea or a good move. You don't have to be opposed to everything just because you're the leader of the opposition. Andrea doesn't do that. She will criticize everything. Anything the government does and will not give credit when credit is deserved. And Doug Ford had enough of it. She was going after him hard yesterday in the legislature. And it's her job to hold the government to account. That's what the official job description is. Hold the government to account. But she was going after him yesterday. And finally, he said, well, actually, we can play it. This was yesterday in the Ontario legislature.
0: Sitting there and constantly criticizing from day one, uh, putting confusion with the, the public about all, uh, paid uh, sick days, rather than sending uh, and just sit there and criticize and
1: criticize. You know, it's, it's, like,
0: it's like listening to nails on a chalkboard listening to you. Okay, so I think it is the biggest stretch to call that. A misogynistic comment. I really do. I think he was sick of hearing her words, but I think it wouldn't have mattered if it came from her as a a woman or from a man. I'm sure he was sick of hearing it over and over and over again. Um, did he have to go out of his way to say nails on a chalkboard? Uh, he could have chose different words. But I think it's a huge stretch to call that misogynistic. I think it's kind of ridiculous, honestly. And then to make matters worse, even though she wasn't necessarily the one that called out it, it as misogynistic, I do not do not believe she used those words at all. I think it was someone else in her party, if I'm not mistaken.
1: The leader of the uh, liberals in the House. Okay.
0: So then she tweets out of her account. Anyway, uh, my message to women, don't let anyone try to tell you you don't belong in Queens Park. I'm going to continue making positive proposals to give people the help and hope they need to get through this pandemic. If Mr. Ford doesn't like hearing my positive proposals, too bad. So I kind of alluded how can
1: to- she say positive with a straight face? Nothing she has said has been positive. Well, it's all very critical and it's all very opposing. It's oh, oh, the government thinks we should reopen. No, we should stay in lockdown. Oh, the government thinks we should stay in lockdown? Nope, we need to reopen. It's just the opposite of whatever the government does.
0: A couple of things here. Number one, I think it is quite ironic, actually, that you and I just had a discussion and brought up Andrea and, and Doug in the podcast yesterday, right before this all actually went down. And I stick to what I said yesterday, in that I don't I don't want to hear this kind of shit. This is use, useless garbage to me when an opposition attacks for what the person in power is doing. That doesn't get you anywhere in my books. You can go ahead and tell us what you maybe would have done, but don't forget, if you were in that position of power, you would have the same people in your ear as he does. In other words, the medical officer of health, whom he is listening to, whom has said the whole time, has given him advice, Doug Ford and and, and the government, and they've gone with it. So don't bullshit me and tell me that you would have gone against their word because I guarantee you if you were in that position, you would have, number one. Number two, I get that this is a way that you have your people that do support you come more on your side, but I think it does absolutely nothing for the people supporting the other side because you just look like you're whining about absolutely everything. That's the way I see it.
1: But I think the the criticism of the Premier here and the reason that some— mainly the liberals and the NDP are calling that misogynistic is because, A, they want to try and tie that to Doug Ford. They want to try and make him out to be a misogynist and probably a racist and everything else. But the suggestion is or implied anyway that he said that to the leader of the opposition, Andrea Horvath, but would not have used that terminology had he been speaking to a man. The term nails on a chalkboard, uh, not referring to her constant criticism, which is what he was doing. He was taking a personal shot at her as a woman for whining. The perception being that women whine, men debate. And I think that's a bit of a stretch to get there, too. But I I can kind of see why people might think that. I personally, I heard it at the time because I happened to be watching. I didn't take that as a misogynistic comment, but I can kind of see where some people are coming from. It's a bit of a stretch, but I can kind of see it. I don't think he meant it that way at all. But if you were him, would you apologize for the perceived per- – well, the perception that it was misogynistic? Or does he even have to apologize don't for that? I think he
0: needs to apologize. I don't know. That's just how I see it. And in, in all fairness, I've heard men talk that, that sound like nails on a chalkboard just as much as women. I personally don't see it that way. And if he does that, he's almost admitting like that's what the intention was behind the comment. And so for me to say that I've heard men – say things that sound and they sound like nails on a chalkboard constantly especially in politics can i just mention there's a lot of those mm-hmm. then i think that that's also him that would be him admitting that he does believe that was m- more geared towards a female and so that's a misogynistic comment so no i don't i personally don't think he he needs to apologize here at all um I, I, that's just i don't know that's just the way i see it and i understand being fed up with hearing it constantly that's part of the job though he needs to suck that up too To be fair, he needs to suck up that there's going to be the opposition in his face. That's their job. Like you mentioned, Scott, that's the exact job description to kind of constantly question it. Do they question it a lot? Sure. But stick to your guns. Stick to what you're doing. You got to focus. Take a lot more off the personal part, maybe, and and just focus on what you're doing and stick to it. And it'll be fine.
1: There's way too many politicians that don't want to take any accountability whatsoever. And I'm going to do this here for John Tory. Whom I like, by the way, I I know John fairly well, and and I think for the most part, he's been a fairly good mayor for Toronto. But him and Bonnie Crombie, another one I actually really like, and Patrick Brown, too. It sucks that I got to do this, but it really seems like they are pandering right now, and they don't want – any criticism at all. Yesterday, the chief medical officer of health in Toronto, Dr. Eileen Devilla, and the chief medical officer of health in Peel region. His name is not on the news as much as the other ones are. Uh, Dr. Lawrence Lowe. There it is. They say they wrote letters to the province's chief medical officer, Dr. David Williams. And told them they don't think, or they told him they don't think, that their regions should be let out of the stay-at-home order. They want lockdown in Brampton, Mississauga, Caledon, and the city of Toronto to stay in place until at least March the 9th. As far as I know, they have the power in their own cities to enact something that would look very similar to a stay-at-home order like they have now. But they're volleying this to the premier. They're going to send it up the ladder to Queens Park. They want Doug Ford to come into Toronto and peel and say, all right, you're staying under lockdown. And here's the benefit to Patrick Brown and Bonnie Crombie and John Tory in doing it that way. If it works and the numbers stay low, they can take all the credit for that and say, well, see, we told you we needed that lockdown to keep the numbers low. If there's like some sort of a mass revolt and people that live in Peel or Toronto are livid and they're furious and they're going to other regions to start shopping, which we know they will, then they can just blame Doug Ford. Well, well, we didn't impose the lockdown. Doug Ford did it and they can distance themselves from it. And I'm really kind of getting sick of people that want to have their cake and eat it, too. You know, Bonnie, Pat, John. I think you guys need to just make a decision. You guys need to wear it. If you really, really want to be kept in lockdown, that's up to you. You're the leaders of those cities. But you should wear that. You should own that. Mm -hmm. You should make that decision for your area and then face the electorate during the next election based on that decision. And And you will.
0: And you should also have to answer specifically to the businesses and the small business owners that are going to be quite upset with that choice should you make it.
1: Well, the thing is, we're kind of arguing a hypothetical when it comes to these lockdowns, because no matter how you slice it, no matter what metric you look at, the numbers are way, way, way down. I mean, hospitalizations now are less than half what they were a month ago. ICU capacity, we've got a lot of it. Ventilators, we've got a ton of them. The numbers are coming down. Active cases decrease every single day. And the number of new infections are below 1,000 three days in a row now. Now, I don't think that necessarily means we just tear the the reins off and, and say, have at it. Go ahead and have yourselves a party and let's open up the nightclubs. But we can start to transition back. And that's what the rest of the province has done. And I thought that's what Toronto, Peel, York, and North Bay were looking forward to doing come Monday but now Toronto and Peel want to go it alone and stay locked down. I'm not even sure that that's practical for them to stay locked down when all the areas around them are opened back up. And York region, they're under stay at home right now. They they want to open again on Monday. They want to be let out of that. They'll probably go to the gray zone, which means a maximum of 10 people inside non-essential businesses at a time. But they want to reopen. It's just Peel and Toronto. And and. If they want to do that and and they firmly believe in the advice they're getting from their chief medical officers, Davila and Lowe, fine. But they got to own that decision and not try and blame it on the premier if there's a big backlash. But it really seems like they're trying to play it down the middle and have it both ways. Do you agree with that assessment?
0: Yeah, I I I I do, and I'm glad that I'm not someone who has to make a decision here in any of these cases because yeah. I feel like you can't you can't necessarily win. But you're right; they're trying to win no matter what. They're trying to win every everybody over. I, I would love to hear from the businesses and how they feel about it, though, because that is. Uh, uh, that's something to look at if you're gonna go ahead and make a decision like that
1: but not scientific in any way but I did do a bit of a poll yesterday on Twitter and on Facebook and I flat out asked people if you live or or own a business in York sorry in Peel or Toronto what do you think of your leaders saying they want to stay locked down for at least two more weeks two two people said I respect that decision Wow only two Wow! and one thing that i wasn't able to find out from those people is if they're getting a steady paycheck no matter what because when the number hey believe me i I was the one who was waving the flag stay at home uh, follow public health rules wash your hands wear your masks all that sort of shit i was doing that when the numbers justified it but now the numbers don't really justify being locked down anymore we can at least begin to reopen and if they want to go it alone and do that Fine, but I just see a lot of people that live in Brampton, Mississauga, Toronto, and Caledon going to York region, going to Halton, going to uh, Hamilton, Niagara, and and doing some shopping there, getting their nails done and stuff like that. Why keep those gyms in Toronto and those restaurants in Toronto closed when we know full well you can just cross the street on Steeles or cross the street at whatever the Mississauga Oakville border is and go and dine or get your nails done or work out there? It doesn't make any sense to me because I don't think that the people who disagree with this decision are going to follow that stay at home rule as closely as they did when everything was locked down. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to spread this shit everywhere. That's the last thing we need.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That worries me as well. That does. And we've, we've had that worry before. Here we are again.
1: <sighs> Pat, Bonnie and John. <laughs> That's a weird way to put it. Uh, Guys, if you want to do it, fine. But at the end of the day, you just keep in mind, everyone's going to have to face the electorate at some time for Doug Ford. It'll be next June. June 2022 is the next provincial election. I believe the next municipal election is this October. Is it not? I I might be wrong. I don't even know if you would know that, but no. we do have municipal elections coming up, too, and that's where you can have your say on your mayors. One thing I would suggest, though, something to think about, maybe we should start putting chief medical officers up for a vote. Maybe if Dr. Eileen Davila wants to continue being Toronto's chief medical officer of health, she should have to campaign for that job. She gets paid for it. This isn't a volunteer position. She's taken a taxpayer salary to do that job. And there's a lot of people who disagree with some of the decisions that she's made and some of the statements she's made. Maybe she should have to run for reelection. Maybe we should elect these doctors. Hmm. Is there anything to that or is yeah, that bad actually, when we start that's electing a- doctors?
0: That's an- <laughs> I, th- You know what? There might. I also think
1: we should elect judges, personally, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, you might run into a little bit of trouble once you start opening that because of that exact reason. Then you have to start looking at other things, too. And then do we really want that? I don't know. In In some days, yes. Other days, maybe not.
1: I don't know that we necessarily want our doctors to become political, but you can't deny the fact there are certain doctors that will talk to any television camera in front of them. They certainly like all this TV time and specifically, just again, back to Peel in Toronto for a second. Those mayors are holding daily or weekly news conferences with the the media is there and everything. And I get the impression they really like that attention. I mean, normally, if you're the mayor of Brampton, you don't get a whole lot of TV time because typically that gets occupied by the Toronto mayor. But these guys are getting a lot of attention in Brampton and Mississauga and, and all over the place. Yeah. And, and I am i don't want to say they're doing it because they love the spotlight. I don't think that that's an accurate statement to make at all. But I, I certainly don't think they dislike the attention. Well-
0: I think that you, what you, the worry would be is if someone wanted to be in that spot for that reason, for the wrong reasons, and not for the focus on what which, which should be focused on, which is the medicine and and everything else that needs to be focused on. So that's, yeah, that's a little bit scary, actually, to think.
1: Well, I mean, the doctors make decisions based on medical advice, but they're making decisions just on medical advice. They're not taking into account other factors like the economy, the suicide rate, and things like that. And and they don't have to because they're just in charge of medical medicine Uh, maybe they would consider those other factors if they had to face the public afterwards and if you don't do a good job you get replaced next time around if you like doing this gig you can keep doing it but you need to ask for a mandate from the public to continue doing that although let's fucking hope this is the last pandemic for a while i mean if we go another hundred years without one i'll be pretty happy when this is over with enough's enough uh a couple other things that we got to cover here the blue jays have announced they're going to play their First two homestands of the regular season down in Dunedin. That came down this morning officially, although it's been rumored for a couple days now. Good. Nobody's going to fucking Rogers Center to watch a ball game this year. Mm-hmm. We don't want other teams. For, we're the only Canadian team, in case you forgot. We don't want every American team in baseball with a 30-man roster plus staff flying in and out all the time. Yeah, we you don't. Can't be,
0: no, you can't be too upset by this decision, really, or surprised by it, I should say, too.
1: I don't think so either. I mean, fuck. That's a no-brainer to me. Stay down in Florida. It's a lot cheaper to fly in the States. Do your thing there. Play the season, and we'll see you next April at Rogers Center. They can say the first two homestands of the season, but I don't know if the Jays are coming back before the playoffs. I could see maybe if enough people get vaccinated in the next six months, maybe they can come back and play at Rogers Center for the playoffs, and let's Mm -hmm. hope that they're there. I don't see anybody going to a fucking baseball game at the Dome in May or June or even July. It just doesn't seem likely. A couple other stories that I want to mention here. Number one, 73% of us admit they're afraid to drive in the snow. Uh, We're going to get another strange storm today where the Lakeshore, uh, Hamilton, Burlington, Oakville, Mississauga and Toronto in that order are going to get a lot more snow south of the QEW than everybody else north of the QEW. Weird little cell, and that's going to impact driving. And now, seventy three percent admit they're scared to drive in snow and ice. Yeah. One in seven say they have zero confidence in themselves driving in those winter conditions. Whoa, that's a little you fucking should, scary.
0: There, there's no way you should get behind the wheel if you have zero confidence in yourself. No matter what, there's you should not be behind that wheel if you have no confidence. That's that's actually scary to think that people are still driving, knowing that they aren't even confident in themselves.
1: 23% of women say they are not at all confident driving in winter weather. Only 8% of men say the same thing. Okay, count me as part of the 8% because I've got a big truck with four-wheel drive. Not all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. And even I get a little white-knuckly driving in some of those snowy conditions because you never know where the ice is. And and the thing that really gets me is when it's snow built up between the lanes. You've got to change lanes, but you've mm-hmm. got to go over a snow drift to get there. That's fucking freaky for me. Yeah. I, I hate doing that shit.
0: No, it's not fun. It's not fun for anyone. Even the, even if you are in a truck, like you said, you know, it's still it still can be scary. What this what scares me the most, I actually have total confidence in myself. I have less confidence about other people. Mm-hmm. So I worry a lot more about, is that person going to stop? Are they going to cut me off? Like, I can't break in time, so make sure I can break in time. But, oh, where's this person coming from? This person's going way too fast. My worries usually surround the other drivers around me more so than me because I, I know how to handle it for the most part. And that comes from my dad when I first got my license really teaching me not to be afraid of it. Like, this is how you do it. You As long as you have all your, your winners on and everything else, This is how you drive in the snow. And I was kind of taught young to do that. But there's a lot of things you cannot control when you're in that atmosphere. And other people, that's one of them. So you can't really control if someone's going to drive like an absolute asshole and cut you off in the middle of an ice patch. You know, there's a lot that you cannot control. That's the factor for me that freaks me out driving in this weather.
1: 48% say they were never taught how to drive in winter conditions. 35% say they don't fully know what they're supposed to do if the car skids. Those are people who would get on ice, start to lose control, jam on the brakes. Whoa. If I recall, and it's been a while, but I think it would come back as instinct if I were ever, God forbid, in this situation. If you start to slide, you're supposed to take your foot off the gas and steer into the skid as opposed to hitting the brakes and letting all hell break loose. Most people don't know that. They don't know it. The top things that we feel are dangerous or when we feel dangerous on the roads, the top things people should do is slow down, turn down the music so you can focus.
0: (laughs) It's funny because there's a lot of jokes about that and memes about when you're trying to find somewhere. Even it might not be about driving conditions, but I'm trying to find a house, a street number. So I'll turn down the music so that I can see better. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 but there's a little bit of truth to that it seems
1: one in four say part of their routine if they get into shitty driving conditions is they start to pray one in four will say a little prayer mm-hmm. either while they're driving or as they get into that shitty situation mm. it, is- it go ahead
0: I was just going to say, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count it as a prayer, but I don't know about everyone else. I'm, one of, I'm more the fuck, 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 shit, 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 shit kind of person.
1: No, I wouldn't call that a prayer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> not close. Not close. Probably whatever the opposite of that is.
1: What is it I always say? One of the mantras I like to live by. Details matter. Here's a guy who did not pay attention to details. He... Had uh, gone to a convention in Las Vegas and he wanted to send a picture to his wife like, hey, sweetie, I'm here in Vegas working really hard on this conference. Might go do a little bit of gambling, but otherwise I'm just being a good little boy staying in my room. He had a girl with him and he didn't want to take that picture and send it. With the girl anywhere in the room because he didn't want his wife to know. So he thought he was being clever by going into the bathroom to take that picture. I'll send her a selfie from the bathroom. She won't know anything's going on. Here's why details matter. When he took and sent the picture, number one, he did not realize that sitting on the bathroom counter was the girl's straightening iron. <laughs> There's no way to spin that, right? I don't think there's a hotel in the world that leaves a complimentary straightening iron. No. Nope. They all have blow dryers, but they don't all have a straightening iron.
0: And he wouldn't request one even if they did. If anything, you'd have to request that. He wouldn't request a straightening iron. So, yeah, y- y- you're fucked.
1: <laughs> oh, and here's the other issue just a little detail. Yeah, when he sent her the picture, he had his wedding ring off. Ah, uh, come on. You fucking idiot. Come on. You idiot. Like, shit. No wonder you got caught. Uh, She has dumped him, by the way, in case you're wondering, that was an easy decision for her. She says an Indonesian woman claims her newborn daughter. Was fathered by the wind. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what she says. After my afternoon prayer, I was lying face down and then suddenly I felt a gust of wind enter my vagina. Fifteen minutes later, I was in the living room and started feeling what turned out to be labor pains. So she went to a local medical clinic. Turns out that gust of wind knocked her up, cat, because she gave birth to a six-pound, four-ounce baby girl. Congratulations on your new arrival. The clinic's director speculates that the woman was already pregnant but didn't realize it until she actually went into labor. Is it possible to mistake semen for the wind (laughs) is it possible when you're laying on your tummy on a windy day for that wind to get right up there in your hoo-ha
0: of course not is she claiming she's a virgin
1: nearest i can tell she is not claiming she's a virgin but i believe she's claiming she did not have sex to bring on this pregnancy or she simply doesn't remember what happened all those months ago Okay. Or she truly believes that wind went up her vagina and impregnated her ovaries.
0: If the wind starts carrying semen, my God, look out.
1: We're all fucked. We're Forget all COVID. Fucked. You should be wearing condoms at all times. No masks, just condoms. Um, Fuck, if you can get somebody pregnant with the wind, I'm out. That'll make me stay home. <laughs>
0: I uh, I so feel bad. Like, when I hear stories like this, you want to just be like, what a fucking kook, right? You just want to uh-huh. be like, what a kook. But now this kook has a, a, a young life to take care of, a daughter. And and one day that daughter will grow up. And if she ever stumbles across this story, you know, I just feel for her. Like, what? Mom, you thought you got fucked by the wind and that's how I was born? Like, <laughs> Come on man like seriously why this mom why did i have to get this mom that she got fucked by the wind and knocked up it's stupid
1: <laughs> yeah when babies have their little baby get-togethers they can be like oh yeah my mom's cool she's a, a a receptionist oh yeah my mom thinks she got pregnant laying on her belly on a windy day so i don't know like fuck you're lucky i got screwed here <laughs> so dumb how normal are you about your ex ladies new numbers in from glamour magazine Find 88% of women have searched an ex out online by Googling him. 19% admit they got a little obsessed while they were doing it. Trying to figure out where they are now, what they're doing. Googling the ex. 54% of women admit they've had sexual fantasies about their ex. Is that weird?
0: Uh, I don't know if it's weird, right? Is it weird? Probably not. And I mean, it depends on how deep into the relationship you were with them. Maybe that was all you knew for many, many years. Um, or maybe it was just a fling. Maybe it was just like a one month we dated, and, but I really, really fell for them. And then now they're gone. And I think about them all the time. It all depends on the scenario, right?
1: Sometimes you think about that great experience. Like, ah, you know, I didn't like that person. They weren't right for me, but fuck, were they good in bed? Or, holy shit, could they uh, uh, go all night? That sort of shit. I'm not really surprised that you fantasize a little bit about an ex. I don't know how common it is, but it turns out a number of women have. 49% of women say sex with an ex is hot, but it's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, (laughs) a bad idea.
1: 6% think it's sexy and seem to have no qualms about it at all. 35% of women say they still have sex. An ex's number in their cell phone. Fuck off. It's way higher than 35%. Yeah, that's bullshit. When you break up with someone, the first thing you do is not go to your contacts and delete their number. Yeah, I'm sure it happens, but way more than than this seems to imply.
0: And let's not forget. Sure. Maybe let's say that that many people did drop the number from their phone. You still have contact with them somehow. Don't tell me that you didn't drop them from all of the platforms. Oh, they're off Facebook now and I don't have them anymore on my Snapchat or my TikTok or whatever. You you're connected somehow still.
1: Sure. In fact, I can prove it. 46% 46% of women admit they have friended an ex on Facebook. 64% say they're now friends with someone they have dumped in the past. Oh, you hate that. <laughs> you are a big advocate for break the ties. You don't need to be friends with an ex.
0: Yeah, you don't because you don't. You're, oh, you're leaving the door open. You're leaving the door open, and it, for me, it especially bothers me. It's fine, you know. You want to be friends with an ex; that's fine. But it especially bothers me when we hear stories of people getting together with an ex when they're in a new relationship. Like, oh, I've started dating, you know, a new guy, but I'm still friends with my ex. So we go out for, you know, coffee, or we go to the what? No, stop. Wait, what the fuck are you doing? Why? What is the reason? It's because you, you in the back of your mind, you want to get back together with them, or you want to cause some kind of chaos. So you want to cheat. There's something else to it. You can't convince me otherwise.
1: Last but certainly not least, I wish people were a little more honest in the reviews that they post online. And really ask yourself where that review is coming from before you post something. There's no shortage of people that have had a, I'll just pick any random company. Uh, Let's say it's Canadian Tire. Maybe you had a bad experience at Canadian Tire. So you leave a shitty review on the product you bought there. Well, that's not necessarily the product's fault. It's the fault of the person who caused you to have a bad experience in Canadian Tire. The product itself may be fine, but people sometimes get all fired up and they just want to post whatever they want and just get it off their chest. That creates misguided reviews. But we all know there's a lot of people who count on the reviews so that they can make an informed purchase. This is a prime example. Man and his wife were in Turks and Caicos. They stayed at the Palms. Beautiful hotel five stars this guy decided while they were there he was going to go out for the night just go do a night of drinking maybe lay by the pool all night and and just get loaded his wife was getting a massage in the room while he went out and partied well the masseuse ended up fucking her so whoa, this whoa, guy <laughs>
0: whoa, is that on the menu
1: usually at the palms when you get an in-room massage it's a very classy affair they'll do some aromatherapy and light some candles and they really treat you well you'll pay a lot for that fucking massage but i don't think they imply that it comes with a happy ending it did for this girl husband went online and gave the hotel a one-star review one star Because the masseuse at the hotel fucked his wife.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't think that the hotel believed that when they had their staff meeting and they rounded up everybody together, come on, cleaners, come on, all of our lovely RMTs, come on over here. Okay, so rule number one, don't fuck the guests.
1: Okay. That's like rule one.
0: Yeah. Like, I think that I think that's implied. I don't even think they needed to, to say that. So I wouldn't see that as being the hotel's problem. But I could see if you're pretty bitter about the whole situation, you would probably unleash
1: there. Yeah. And like the hotels, what the fuck does this have to do with us? The The guy in the comment of the review, because he only left one star and that adds up. And now people can see, well, that hotel's only got a 4.9 rating now. And obviously the hotel doesn't like that. The guy says in the comments, if people actually scanned down to find that one star review and read the comments, this is what happened. I went out, the masseuse that went in to massage my wife, fucked her, and I realized this is not the hotel's fault. It's my wife's fault, but I'm angry. So they get one star. And you should know that this sort of thing could happen at this hotel. I mean, in theory, it could happen at any fucking hotel. Sure. (laughs) Sure. It has nothing to do with the bombs.
0: Yeah. It probably has to do with your horny wife. So that's probably the issue there.
1: Thank you.
0: Did he, did he say, any, like, now I need to know more about this couple. Did he break up with her?
1: Ooh, good question. I don't think they did break up. Nearest I can tell, he's quite angry, but I don't see anything here that says they're not together.
0: <laughs> he should have gone in for a massage the next day <laughs> and requested someone and be like, ah, there's my dick, ah? I know, I know you guys do things. <laughs> ah? What do you think?
1: Wanna if you just it? wanted, if you just wanted a massage and get fucked afterwards, I could have done that. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I wonder
0: if the services include blowing on a girl's vagina to get her pregnant.
1: <laughs> that masseuse better be careful. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this edition of After 9. One more to go this week, and tomorrow Dave Blizzard will join us. Hit that subscribe button, and you will get all future episodes when they come out. Have yourselves a great Thursday, and if you're driving around the lakeshore, west end of Lake Ontario, holy shit, be careful. If you can't drive in the snow, don't drive in the snow.
0: Be careful. Be confident.